Well, good morning, everybody. How do you do? Welcome to the Irish Show on WHK AM 1420. My name is Jerry Quinn. Delighted to be with you this morning. Our program is brought to you by Gandalf's Pub and Restaurant, Valley City, Chambers Funeral Home, Gandalf's Pub and Restaurant, Valley City, Golf Tech, Joyce Buick GMC, O'Neill Healthcare, P.J. McIntyre's Irish Pub and Restaurant, Vince's Barbershop at 18324 Lakeshore Boulevard, Western Reserve Insurance Group. All of these good folks bring you the Irish Show this morning on WHK AM 1420 and on the internet at whkradio.com. Stay with us now. It's a Veterans Day program today. We're going to be hearing from some famous veterans right here in our studio live. So stay with us. Don't go away. Our number, 216-901-0945. Ed Fitzpatrick is here. J.C. Sullivan is also on board. And Colleen Day is on the way. All right, characters. Good morning, Jerry. How are you doing? Yeah. Well, look at the snow. I, I was coming through a blizzard at least when All I was right, on Jerry. my way here. You know, I got up this morning, looked out my window into the backyard, and sun was shining. I thought it was in Florida. Oh. And then I get on the freeway, and the snow. Yeah. Couldn't believe it. That's of course by the lake. We don't get we're the last ones yeah, to get snow at this well, time of year. Of course, Summit County, we're the highest yeah. in the, the state, and uh, we had plenty of it. Well, it's just all right. My daughter's one. down in in Florida, in Miami, going to the game. And Good. Matt, her husband, Matt. Yeah. All right, listen, uh, we're back in the studios once yes. again with us for the fourth time. It's four times here's Patrick Mendlachman, former U.S. attorney, famous Vietnam uh, veteran. And we have three other, uh, three other veterans with us in the studio, all very famous. Patrick is the one we know the best. And we're going to be talking to him about his Oh, well, you've got five, actually, J.C. and oh, myself. Oh, that's right. You and J.C. are both veterans also. Yeah. But you're not as famous as no, these I'm other not, guys. No, I'm not. No, no I, I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't get out of the country. Three years in the military, and they kept me here. <laughs> okay. But, uh, Patrick, I, no, in fact, I, I got Patrick's book. The book that he wrote, a chapter or two. I think he wrote two chapters in that book. Did you have two chapters, Patrick? So we're going to be talking to him. But he's a quite famous uh, lawyer also, and I always ask him, first thing I ask him when I see him is, are you still riding your Harley Davidson? And he is. But, Patrick, like myself, we have trouble cornering on those things when you get over a certain age. We're going to be talking to him about, yeah, about, yeah, balance, that's right. And the main, what I want to do, though, is because it's Veterans Day, I want to start with this song. It's by Johnny Cash, and it's called The Ragged Old Flag. I think it's very appropriate. So here's Johnny Cash and The Ragged Old Flag to start our Veterans Day 2022. I walked through a county courthouse square On a park bench, an old man was sitting there I said, your old courthouse is kind of run down He said, no, it'll do for our little town I said, your old flagpole has leaned a little bit, and that's a ragged old flag you got hanging on it. He said, have a seat, and I sat down. Is this the first time you've been to our little town? I said, I think it is. He said, I don't like to brag, but we're kind of proud of that ragged old flag. You see, we got a little hole in that flag there when Washington took it across the Delaware. 
And it got powder burned the night that Francis Scott Key Said watching it right and say, can you see? And it got a bad rip in New Orleans With Packingham and Jackson tugging at its seams And it almost fell at the Alamo Beside the Texas flag, but she waved on though She got cut with a sword at Chancellorsville And she got cut again at Shiloh Hill There was Robert E. Lee, Beauregard, and Bragg And the south wind blew hard on that ragged old flag On Flanders Field in World War I She got a big hole from a Bertha gun She turned blood red in World War II She hung limp and low a time or two She was in Korea, Vietnam She went where she was sent by her Uncle Sam She waves from our ships upon the briny foam And now they've about quit waving back here at home In her own good land here she's been abused She's been burned, dishonored, denied, refused And the government for which she stands Is scandalized throughout the land And she's getting threadbare and she's wearing thin But she's in good shape for the shape she's in Cause she's been through the fire before And I believe she can take a whole lot more So we raise her up every morning We take her down every night We don't let her touch the ground And we fold her up right On second thought I do like to brag Cause I'm mighty proud of that ragged old flag Thank you. 
Hail the Pogues here on the Irish Show on WHK AM 1420 and on the internet at whkradio.com. We're coming to you from Independence, Ohio, and we broadcast throughout the world on the internet. Ed Fitzpatrick is by the phone at 216-901-0945, and if you want to send us an email, you can do so at quinnirishradio at yahoo.com. We're here every Sunday morning. I have three very famous veterans with me this morning, or at least to us they are, but they really are. They have served our country honorably, and they're in the studio, and I'm so proud to have them. I'm always delighted to talk to the veterans and to hear of their escapades. But I want to go to Pat, uh, Patrick McLaughlin first because he's a veteran not only of the Armed Forces of America, but he's a veteran of this radio program. has been here with us. Number four, is it, pa- is it Patrick? Top of the morning, Jerry. How are you? Good to be back. Four uh, times, right? Is it four? I was thinking either four or five. Maybe five. Well, but maybe, yeah, it's, maybe, it's not enough. Five. Whatever it is, it's not enough. And I brought along Dogface Charlie, the book that you wrote, that you wrote two chapters it's in. Contributed to it. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is a book written by the guys I served with in Vietnam, and uh, we have a second book. It's called Swamp Rats, and uh, they're both available through the First Division Museum, um, which you can find on the internet. But uh, true stories from uh, from real live guys. I know we talked about this before, but you referred to the big red one. In that's the book. right, yeah. And what, would you explain well, that? Well, that's the 1st Infantry Division, which is the division that I served in as, as part of Charlie Company, 1st Battalion, 18th Infantry. And, of course, anybody who knows anything about the military knows about the storied history of the big red one. And, uh, you know, since World War One. And obviously, uh, through the present day, it served in all the wars, with the exception of the Korean War, where uh, the, the Big Red One uh, stayed in Germany to defend Europe during the Cold War. And uh, so it's a great it's a, it's a great story. And the 18th Infantry, um, which has been part of uh, the First Division in all of these wars um, since World War One, uh, actually was founded in 1861. At Camp, Th- Camp Thomas, Ohio, so it uh, it began during the uh, Civil War. So uh, great. Sitting right next to you is John Weiss. John, am I pronouncing your name properly? You can grab your, either mic; it's fine, John. Rice. Yeah. Rice. Like the food. It's R E I S S. That's correct. And you're executive director of Cuyahoga County Vets. It's a very important job. There are so many people that I know belong to these veterans associations. How many are there? Are there? How many veterans associations are there? There's a lot of them, isn't there? Too many to count. I mean, we spend all day talking to different veterans that are represented by different organizations. Uh, I've been doing this for nine years at this level, and um, even now I encounter organizations I didn't even know. But talk to me about your background. We'll talk about Pat, uh, Patrick in Vietnam. What, what division of the service were you in? So I was a U.S. Army signal officer um, on active duty uh, with the uh, 11th Signal Brigade out of Fort Huachuca in Arizona. Um, deployed at Task Force Thunderbird in 2007 um, to run operations. And then in, uh, earlier in my career, I was uh, the early entry command post communications OIC for in Kuwait. You're a young fella. You're a kid. Compared to me, depending on the crowd I'm with, yeah. Yeah, so, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, so I've been I've been the director since I was 31 years old at the county. Um, I was blessed with the opportunity to to uh, serve in that capacity at a young age, which is terrific. It's allowed me to gain uh, mountains of experience. Um, at this point, I'm 40 years old, and I feel like I've already got a mountain of experience. And if I'm 
blessed with the opportunity to continue to serve in this capacity for another uh, two decades. Uh, um, I'm real excited about where we can go and what we can do. The younger people coming out of the service now, are they anxious to join organizations like yours? Um, so we get a fair, every time we post a job, because um, we're a county agency, we get a, a, a high number of applicants. Um, so I, I think they're excited for the opportunity to serve vets. When we talk to young veterans, it looks like that's one of those uh, avenues of which they're looking to go. Um, but it's not for everyone. There's veterans out there that are want to transition and want to, do what they need to do to be with their families. Um, so they're not looking to join organizations yet. They're not looking to, to, to be in public service. Some of them, depending on their service, are looking for the opportunity to separate themselves from um, their service so they can, you know, forget certain things that um, may be challenges to them. Um, so I guess it just depends on the person. Mm -hmm. So you're going to continue on doing it anyway? Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve you know, vets or the public as long as I'm capable. So I joined the military when I was 17 years old and have either been in service to my country or service to my community every day of my adult life. And uh, um, that's really the calling that is for me and uh, I'm going to continue doing that. I think so. that's the way it is for most people to come out of the service though, isn't it? I know JC and Eddie, they talk to me all the time about it. But of course, um, JC and Eddie, God knows what they were doing in the service. I don't know how they ended up here with me. Really hard to say. I think I think they hung around a lot of bars. JC, where are you hanging around? Few of them. Few of them. Okay, I want to go. I want to go over here to Christopher. Christopher Zeroski um, is president of the IVCOCC. Christopher, explain that. So the JVCOCC is the Joint Veterans Council of the Cuyahoga County, mm -hmm. and we are a coordinating effort amongst the local uh, veteran service groups. So the American Legion, VFW, got TARS for Vets is one of our newest members. That's, uh, you know, our friend Jim Riley, who uh, we wish could have been here today yeah, as well. Yes. But, uh, you know, we help establish a network amongst those organizations. And our newest member is one of the uh, veteran representatives from the city of Cleveland. Okay. Uh, how long were you in the service? I'm still serving. Oh, you still are? Yes. Well, how old were you when you went in? So I went in at the age of 20, right after uh, three years of college. You don't look like you're more than 30. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're a lot more than that. Uh, I, I'm reading here, you have, a, you have a quite a illustrious career, I see. Uh, you were, um, were you in the Green Berets? I still am, yes. You still are? Yes. Uh, tell me about that organization. You know, a lot of people are curious about it. I remember when it started, when John F. Kennedy, I, he was the one that created, I think, the presidency of John F. Kennedy. Am I right in that? Yes, he made it official and uh, did present us with the Green Berets. You know what i got to do? I have to, pull that, I have to pull that song up, the Green Berets. Mm -hmm. Remember that Barry Sadler made it? Barry Sadler. We have it in our system here. I'm going, to, I'm going to play that. What was it like being in the Green Berets? Were you sent to all parts of the world? So it is a very special organization, a very unique group of guys. You know, you're with a team that you can fall back on any one of those individuals to be, uh, you know, is going to support you throughout the rest of your career or the rest of that deployment, whichever situation you're in. Each unique skill is uh, coordinated through that effort by those guys. You know, there's, it's a 12-man team, and 
those those skills that everybody's trained on becomes so specialized in supporting those efforts and it helps teach the communities we go into everybody thinks it's it's something that is out there for Hollywood but the skills of the Green Beret is more than a direct action effort. It's more about teaching. And it's a bit different than the John Wayne movie, is it? Well, some of the John stuff. Wayne movie, you, you see Vietnam. Yes, there were a lot of patrols and a, and a lot of what we call direct action missions out there. But it's also going throughout the world and helping develop other countries and developing our, our networks and, and helping those communities develop their forces. But what we want to do today here on the program is talk a lot about the veterans because the veterans, that's that's really what all of you guys are. But you're not a veteran if you're still serving. Oh, no, I'm still hey, not. Would you con- consider it a veteran if you're still serving? Is that the way it works? I didn't know that. But um, the veterans organizations are very important. They're very important to all of you. I can see that. And uh, it's talked about a lot. And, of course, there's a lot of reverence for the veterans of this country as there should be. Uh, I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to go over here for a minute and pay some bills, if you don't mind. So we're going to do that, and then we're going to be back and talk some more. And now this message from O'Neill Healthcare. Stand by. When locating the right care for your elderly mom or dad, look no further. O'Neill Healthcare has been providing outstanding elder care on Cleveland's west side for more than 50 years. Whether needing assisted living, memory support, independent living, skilled nursing, hospice care, dialysis, or rehabilitative therapies, we are here for you. Our team of physicians, nurses, and therapists deliver personalized care with compassion and quality at the forefront. You have peace of mind knowing they are with extraordinary people who provide exceptional care. O'Neill Healthcare is always improving the care of older adults and is the trusted choice for your loved ones. For more information about O'Neill Healthcare, or to schedule a tour at one of our five facilities, please contact us at 440-808-5500 or visit us online at O'NeillHC.com. The best European-style pub is nearby at Gandalfton Valley City. Whether you're in for brunch, lunch, or dinner, the chef's inspired menu will cast a spell of deliciousness, keeping you coming back for more. Plus, live entertainment, a large craft beer selection, and great service make Gandalf's Pub one of the area's liveliest gathering spots. For great food and fun, it's Gandalf's Pub and Restaurant, Rats 303 in Valley City. Western Reserve Group has proudly served Ohio for over 100 years. Their mission has been to provide families with quality insurance protection for their home, auto, business, and farm. For more information about Western Reserve Group, contact your local Western Reserve Group independent insurance agent or go to their website at www.wrg-ins.com to find an agent near you. 
Improve your golf game with Golf Tech. Take the next step to a better game with equipment and custom fitting with the latest technology. Golf Tech has six area locations. Your golf game goes further with Golf Tech. Visit one of Northeast Ohio's Golf Tech locations or go to GolfTech.com. Golf Tech, proven path to proven results. If you want to look your best, you better get to a good barbershop. And the best one you can go to is Vince's Barbershop. And it's located at 18324 Lakeshore Boulevard uh, near St. Joe's High School on the east side of Cleveland. So again, as I said, you want to look your best, get a good haircut. Well-groomed gentleman, well, you want to be. The uh, location is at 18324 Lakeshore Boulevard. And by the way, if the wife wants to get her, her hair done, she can go also because in that building is the Beachland Hair Design. The phone number is 216-481-5981. You wouldn't believe who just stopped into the studio to say hello, and I, I, I have to say hello to Miss Andy Cooney. Andy, grab that microphone there for a minute. Jerry, how are you doing? Andy, huh? I've known you since you were, I've known this guy since he was 17 years old. <laughs> I think it is, I, so I, we won't even talk about how old a you are now. A long time, a long time. It's a long time, that's when you were with. I've been in Cleveland 36, 37 years, I'm coming here. Yes, indeed. And I, I, I really, I wanted you to stop in and meet the veterans because I know you do a, a lot of work with um, the Tunnel to Towers. Tunnel to Towers with the New York Tenors. Yeah, we do a lot with them. You do a lot with them. Yeah, you're a very and a lot patriot. with veterans, and it's just an honor to be here with you guys. And my God, the Green Berets. Oh yes, we indeed. can use a, we can use a security team from yeah. you guys. <laughs> that, that's right. So I'm sorry I couldn't get last night to the to the West Side IA to see you. I was just a little bit under the weather, and I knew you guys, all the guys who were coming in. I didn't want to be out of sorts, no, you know. Absolutely, you got to be on your game here today. Nice, <laughs> uh, but but it's um, it's wonderful to see Andy. We don't see enough of you, uh, you know, but. Hey, it's great that you were able to come in. What's, what do you got going on in New York anyway? Well, we've got lots of stuff going on. Uh, of course, the Christmas shows are all coming in, and they'll be mostly with the New York tenors, and uh, we still do Carnegie Hall every year in New York. But this year, we take a pass. Still, the, the crime in New York is a bit... Uh, a lot of people are a little nervous about coming into New York. So uh, You're not riding the subway these days. So we're gonna, uh, yeah, oh, my God. It's, it's like, forget about it. <laughs> Yeah. I don't get what's going on there. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, but anyway, things are going very well. We are doing, uh, in, in place of Carnegie Hall, a concert out in Long Island. But we're doing a bunch of cities. We're going up to Buffalo. Uh, we'll be down in Florida. We'll be uh, going out to the West Coast. Um, lots of fun stuff coming up. So, uh, and, and your cruises, of course. <laughs> yeah, the cruises are coming back now since COVID is kind of mostly in the rear view mirror. And uh, we have almost 900 people going out in January on our cruise of Irish Stars. Nice, so uh, nice. yeah, everything's at andycooney.com. Just check it out. Andy, Andy I, I try to do my best to keep that site updated, but we got lots of fun stuff going on. Okay. So uh, have you got the, the guys with you? Uh, no, the guys are back in the hotel sleeping. Are they? Yeah. Are you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, if you want to just hang around, have yeah, a Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm, I'm enjoying the, this this great interview with these wonderful uh, veterans here, and uh, I'll be back with you in a, in a whenever, however long it takes, Jerry. I'm I'm easy here today. Uh, do you ever see our good friend Deirdre Riley in your travels? I do, and she's going to be on my cruise in January. So, she's a uh, you're sold. Well, come on. you got to get on. The cru- she will. Cruiseofirishstars.com. All right. Cruiseofirishstars.com. I'm trying, I'm trying to get Nellie to go on that cruise. 
But she says she doesn't want to spend that much time with me all at once. Seven days oh, might, I, be I, little, <laughs> might be a little too much for her, she oh, said. They, there you go. Well, well, you know, well, we won't go there anyway, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, just, uh, I just got a, um, an email from my sister over in England. She's listening to the program, and her son is um, a graduate of King's College, and he studied um, uh, all the great... He's a history professor. And uh, he studied war. He knows a lot about the Green Berets. He studied the Green Berets and the um, uh, the Navy. What's the Navy ones? Seals. The Seals, the Navy Seals. Uh, so he's listening this morning. But uh, my sister in England, in the south of England, she wants me to play a special song for any Boyles who has come into their house to listen to the program today. She is from Australia. She was born in Ireland, moved to England when she was four years old, and she is now 90 years old, and she still speaks with her English accent. So anyway, she wants to hear any song by John Denver. Do you know what you should have done, my sister Maura? You should have asked that by Andy Cooney. He probably can sing it better than anyone. (laughs) Right, Andy? I'm going to pull up one of your. We're going to pull up one of your songs in a minute, anyway. But I, I got to do that right now because I know they're listening over in the south of England. Here it is: "Any Song" by John Denver, and this is for any boys. Here it is. You fill up my senses. Like a night in the forest Like the mountains in springtime Like a walk in the rain Like a storm in the desert Like a sleepy blue ocean You fill up my senses Come fill me again Come let me love you Let me give my life to you Let me drown in your laughter Let me die in your arms Let me lay
like a sleepy blue ocean You fill up my senses Come fill me John Denver, and that is going out to Annie Boyles over in the south of England. I call it the uh, Florida of uh, jolly old England. It is 10.33 here on the Irish Show on WHK AM 1420 and on the Internet at whkradio.com. We have a Veterans Day going on here. Very important that we honor our veterans, and we have three of the the best, uh, some of the best in the country is uh, with us here this morning. But also as one of the best entertainers in the country, and that is Andy Cooney. He's with us, stopped in from his appearance last night at the Westside Irish American Club, and he just gave me one of his new CDs, and there's a new song on there called Oh America. I think the, I think the guys here, the veterans, might enjoy hearing yeah, it. Yeah, it's actually the New York tenors. Uh, Daniel Rodriguez, you might remember Daniel during 9-11, his, his, his version of uh, God Bless America at Yankee Stadium was kind of the beginning of the healing for a lot of people here for 9-11. He went from being a, a New York City cop at uh, Ground Zero to uh, being on Oprah the following week and, and becoming a national star. And he's, So it's Daniel Rodriguez, the New York Latino tenor. We have Christopher Macchio, the New York Italian tenor, and I'm the New York Irish guy. Now, this song was written by a man named Brendan Graham. And Brendan Graham wrote You Raise Me Up. He's from Ireland. But he wrote this song for Our Great Country, and I think it's so powerful, and we recorded it with the New York Tenors. It's, this is Oh America. Oh America. Here's this.
great stuff. Andy Cooney here on the Irish Show on WHKAM 1420. Andy? Oh, thanks. Great. I had a lot of help there. Uh, Daniel and Christopher. <laughs> they all, how about the writing? Who wrote the song? Did the song was written by Brennan Graham, who oh, also yeah. wrote You Raised Me Up. You Raised Me Up, right. And uh, he's written some great Irish songs, Isle of Hope, Isle of Tears. He's written some great you know, stuff over the years. a lot of people think Josh Groban wrote that song. He you you Raised Me Up. No. Yeah. Actually, it was recorded by Brian Kennedy before. Uh, Josh Groban had done it. Now, Brandon Graham is uh, also the brother to my guitar player, Colm Graham. That's right. And uh, Colm is now in Savannah, Georgia, living. He he came down with some bad rheumatoid arthritis. He can no longer play. But uh, so he's not with us anymore. So we miss him dearly. But his brother, uh, of course, uh, has written some huge, huge songs. So, okay. I want to go back here to the guys, our our veterans, and I want to talk about their background. You're all from Cleveland, right? You all grew up here in Cleveland. Patrick? I did not. No, my dad was was in the Air Force. He was an Air Force officer and pilot. They actually started in the Army infantry before World War II, and then when the war started, he applied for flight school, and then he flew P-38s in the South Pacific, and and then bombers eventually. Uh, and then when the Air Force came on board, then he transferred to the Air Force. So I grew up an Air Force brat. Uh, and so came to Cleveland midway through my junior year in high school. So Cleveland's been home since then for me, Jerry. Since then. Yeah. And then you went, you went into service for how long? Well, Or did you go to college first? Well, well, I was in college. I had what was then called a 2S deferment, uh, which meant that if you were taking 12 credit hours, you wouldn't be drafted. And... I was dissatisfied with my life, so I went down and volunteered for the draft. They changed my status from 2S to 1A and then uh, when I was 19 and then went in. I, I made that decision because a draft meant two years active duty. If you enlisted, it was three in the Army or the Marine Corps, or it was four in the Air Force or the Navy. And I wanted to go in, pay my dues, and then have the GI Bill to you know go back to college. And so that's what I did. So two years active duty and then... And I spent 14 years in the um, in the Army Reserves uh, in the JAG Corps. Uh, so, you know, when I got in law school, I joined a JAG unit and then was commissioned after graduating. And uh, so two years active, 14 years reserves. Okay. And uh, then you got your law practice and you became, when did you become U.S. Attorney? Uh, was appointed U.S. Attorney initially by the, by the judges of the district court in 84 and then I subsequently received President Reagan's appointment as the U.S. Attorney. So I was U.S. Attorney in the Northern District of Ohio from 84 to 88. And I left the left my post in December of 88 and went out in the private practice of law. So that's sort of ancient history now. I mean, we, yeah. actually, we talk about these years and we look back and say, oh, my God, were any of you guys born yet? Uh, <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> Well, uh, around here, you're kind of a young fellow most of the time. Yes, most of the time. Well, I can see that by looking around. Except for Colleen. And, and of course, Andy is a young guy, too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so uh, I want to I go over here to, uh, to John. Um, John, how did you get started? And well, so uh, I, how did you end up I'm, in, a, I'm in an Army brat, uh, so born, a little bit of, or born in Dover, Ohio, which is you know an hour half south of here. Oh, yeah. So. Uh, my dad's from Dover, Ohio. I was born here while my dad was still on active duty. I just happened to be born here while my mom came home, while my dad was stationed in Germany. Um, traveled around a little bit everywhere. Landed here in about third grade, and then Ohio all the way up until I served in 
then back to Ohio when I got out. So uh, me and my twin brother both joined the military on the same day when we were juniors in high school. Uh, reservist, basic training between our junior and senior years of high school, Army ROTC scholarship, um, and then on to active duty. And so I served about I served five and a half years on active duty, um, running communications. And where did you assets. go? Where did you go overseas? Overseas a couple of times. So I was in Kuwait and Qatar and Egypt and Iraq. So those are the the, the highlights. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did you get shot at? Much? I did not get shot at. No. No. They missed you if they no. did. Mortar rounds is about as close as it got, and then that's about it. Uh, let me go over. Let me go over to um, to Chris. Chris, you talked a little bit about your background, but I want to go back to the beginning when you got out of school, high school. Yeah. So I grew up out here. Uh, I went to grew up in North Olmsted. Went to St. Ignatius High School. Class of '92. We won't hold that against you. No, no, no. Um, no. I, I, I know. Uh, uh, we we did get beat this weekend, unfortunately. You sure did. But you know, you gotta gotta give the underdogs a chance every now and then. But uh, St. Ignatius, though. Know, that's you know. And then what? You gotta give uh, guys like Jim Riley a chance. Yeah. <laughs> I I always give Riley a little uh, little love there for you know his high school. But uh, anyways, so went to Ignatius and then uh, went to VMI for a bit and decided that uh, civil engineering wasn't the background I wanted to do. My dad was an engineer for NASA and, uh, you know, he was always trying to challenge me a little more and said, hey, do engineering. So I chosen that path and decided, no, I didn't want to sit behind a desk and do math all my life. I enlisted in the Army Rangers and uh, went to Savannah, Georgia, and uh, enjoyed some life there. Loved, uh, always loved the St. Patrick's Day Parade. Savannah is a wonderful city, oh, isn't it? It's, it's it gorgeous, is. beautiful. They got their own song too. It's called St. Patrick's Day Parade. Oh yeah. They pay taxes. Oh yeah, and we would we would march in the parades. Yeah. Yep, and uh, we would always fight to be the guys on the end to see who had the most kisses because you'd have lipstick all over your face when you're <laughs> in a parade. But uh, it was a good time. And then after that, I joined uh, joined the National Guard and joined 19th Special Forces Group as uh, as an NCO. And uh, then later on got commissioned in 03. Was still part of the Guard and uh, still went to 19th Group. But uh, after that... Uh, Went on to a few other units, and right now I'm working for uh, 18th Airborne Corps as uh, as a staff guy with SOF in uh, Fort Bragg. And yeah, but you uh, you own a real estate company now, do you? I do. I have a real estate team uh, under the brokerage of EXP, and they're a fantastic real estate company, actually international. And uh, you know some of the unique things about them besides uh, what they do for their employees, we just started the military network so we help with transition not just into the profession but we have a whole resource network now for our employees and it's it's great and uh you own a, a kava bar what's that so kava is an ethno botanical tea from the pacific region don't and tell eddie fitzpatrick this <laughs> so the unique thing about that is it's it hits certain receptors in the brain, your GABA receptors, and it helps relax people. It, it makes 
certain things that can help you become more social and more relaxing. Uh, I found Jimson did that for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> and the more, and the more. Uh, me, me too. Me too, Gary. This is this is a, a bar that's all alcohol free, and you can sit down and be. The the effects of this are all relaxing. It's good anti-inflammatory. Deals it helps people with PTSD. It's a great alternative. Um, and you don't have the, yeah, yeah. You don't have the effects of alcohol. You don't have the, the legal issues of it. I mean, it's really fantastic. We have one in Lakewood. It's right by the Lakewood Library. It's called Sacred Waters. And then we are doing our soft opening soon right across from St. Clarence Church, where Best Damn Tacos used to be. It's going to be called Sacred Waters West. Barry's, do they serve berries over there? Berry's, berry's tea? Oh, oh, oh. So we do, we do have some teas. We, uh, we serve regular teas and coffees as well. And when we make these drinks, I mean, we make them taste like mochaccinos. Um, you know, one of our guys can make it taste like, you remember Frankenberry cereal and blueberry? We can make it taste like that. And then some of our other drinks, they taste just like regular teas. I mean, it's fantastic. But it, it seems, oh, yeah, we can go there, too. It seems, Chris, that a lot of what you do is focused on veterans and helping them out in some way or another. Is that correct? So, yeah. You know, everything, just like John was saying, our, our calling tends to be continuing to serve. You know, we, we love what we do out in the service, and a lot of veterans are always looking for that mission. Uh, what do I do next? And the service in the veterans and our networks are built on that continued mission of, of serving our communities, serving our fellow veterans, and, and keeping them safe and keeping that camaraderie and building that team. Well, many people get out of the service today and they have some real mental issues after the matter. What does the Veterans Association do for those people? How do they help them? I know you have the veterans hospitals. Mm -hmm. how, how do you help those people? So I'm going to give John a chance yeah. because... Yeah. Yeah. Talk about that, John. Yeah, so you, you hit the nail on the head, which is there's the VA hospital, of course, and referrals there. But, you know, as veterans and veteran you know, leaders in our, in our field, we, we talk to people. We hear them. We talk to them. We find out what's best for them because not everybody needs a medical intervention, right? Some of them need a social intervention or... Um, a substance abuse treatment intervention or whatever. So we have to listen to our vets and we um, then can help identify where their needs are and what we can do for them. Sometimes it's a connection and joining an organization like the VFW and just being around some people. And sometimes it's, you know, getting them involved with um, some employment representatives to help to get, you know, better employment because, to be honest, the driving factors for individuals that are, are, are suffering from post-traumatic stress or um, tend to be different very on, for, and vary for each person. So the importance of listening to somebody, hearing what they're, what's going on with them and figuring out what is going to work for them is the best answer. Yeah, you know, we, John, we do hear a lot about people getting out of the service and haven't, not that they don't have the education, but something goes wrong somewhere and they don't seem to be able to adapt back into society. Well, What's the reason for that? Is that PS, uh, what do you call it, PSTD? Sometimes, sure, right? Sometimes it could be that. Sometimes it's just that the, the, the jobs we have in the military are so specialized 
right? Um, it, it's there's very few occupations that you're going to find in the civilian sector where your your primary responsibility is to point and shoot. And so we have to recognize that transitioning somebody out and then recognizing the skills that they've obtained in the military that transition them as well to you know civilian occupations is there, but there's also going to be a learning curve, right? And I think that's part of what me and other members of our veteran leadership community spend a lot of effort doing, which is trying to talk with different um, employers and working with the employment networks to make sure they understand that there's a transition um, aspect to veterans, right? And um, if you had a person that was just fresh out of college and spent 25 years as an engineer, and then you're going to bring them in to do construction or you know or to do yeah. architecture it's a different field they may have spend an entire field doing something else and you would expect some level of transition well it's no different from the military right they just spent a lot of time learning how to operate a certain way in certain environments right environments that teach them to be on their toes and expect the worst in scenarios because if you don't plan for the worst then bad things happen so that is a whole different mindset than you know, work in a key bank. When you're working in a key bank, you ain't, you're not expecting the worst scenario mm -hmm. every time you walk now around you don't have to get to work on time. Yeah, I yeah. want to, my copy on that? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you know, it's it's expectation management. A lot, a lot of times you get individuals from the military who are understandably going more than what's expected of them. They, they drive on no matter what the situation is, and... They look around and will go uh, above and beyond the job description. Um, you know, if something's left on the floor, they'll pick it up. Whereas, you know, if the project stops because it's at a sticking point, they're going to look to fix it. Other people might just sit there and wait to be told, hey, this, this is where you can find the solution. Um, they'll still drive on to, to fix that point mm -hmm. uh, they don't they don't wait you know and one of the things we we've studied uh, in graduate school and and these other places that come out in the Harvard business reviews and, and things lately is that silent quitting and the issues are you know it's not in my job description so I'm not going to do it and the military personnel that are coming out now don't fall prey to that because just because it's not in their duty description, they want to see success and they want to continue to drive on. So there's two issues with that. They don't understand why people won't do the implied tasks because that, that's the biggest issue is they understand what the, what, the job, what the job requires and they'll do what it takes to be successful. If it's not written, they know it's implied. To be successful, so they'll continue. Where other people won't do the implied. I want to come back and talk to all of you about the opportunities for veterans in corporations these days, in small companies also, but especially in corporations. What's the opportunities, which I think would have some bearing on younger people joining the service because they know it's good training. But in the meantime, let's do this, and we will be right back. Stand by. Hi, I'm Mike Joyce from Joyce Buick GMC, inviting you to visit our dealership for a new Buick or GMC. Joyce has a great selection of new Buicks and GMCs in stock, and we're offering you the best in pricing and customer care. Come see why Buick is the fastest growing car manufacturer in the U.S. 
Joyce Buick GMC, serving you for over 45 years. That's right, folks. If you're thinking of a new or a used car or a new or a used truck, you want to get to Joyce Buick GMC. Mike and Sean Joyce, they're on the premises every day. You can stop and visit them at 38039 Chester Road, right off I-90, or you can call them at 440-934-6600. It is now 1055 here on the Irish Show on WHK, and we have a very special veterans program going on today. If you know some of your friends, someone that'd like to listen to us, tell them to tune in. Okay. Connie, what was your... You Shout out to somebody. Yes, Jerry, I just want to say good morning to everybody. Nice to see everyone. Thank you for the service and the veterans that are here. It is so great to hear the words about service and giving back and helping others. Uh, this morning, Brian and I were just uh, celebrating uh, Jack Mahal's uh, life. Jack was a pillar in this community and especially with the um, uh, sober living and AA community. So it was great to celebrate his life this morning and to be with a group of amazing people who are living and serving others every day, too. So just hello to everybody out there uh, with that, and thank you, Jerry, and good to be here at the show. Okay, bring us up to the top of the hour, and then we're going to be back with our veterans. Here's the Willoughby Brothers, and it's called Caledonia.
sitting here before the fire, the empty room, the forest choir, flames of cool don't get any higher, they've weathered now, they've gone, but I'm steady thinking my way is clear, and I know what I will do tomorrow, when the hands of shaken and kisses flow. You know, there are an awful lot of people that go through life that are really good memorizers. Not so much on the critical thinking part, where you have to break it down yourself and figure out what answers are when the answers are in the books. It really is difficult to know. Because if you just memorize the answers, when you come up to a situation where there hasn't been an answer written down yet, because nobody's had to stop and figure it out, you can have a problem. Saturday mornings at 11 on AM 1420. The Answer. And Odyssey. WHK Cleveland, a service of Salem Media Group, broadcasting from the Discount Drug Mart Studios. Proud to be celebrating over 50 years as your hometown pharmacy. We are uh, we're back here on the radio on WHK AM 1420 of our special veterans program today. Andy Cooney stopped in for a visit. Great to see him. We're going to have a, a song from one of his. Um, one of the songs from his newest album, Take Her In Your Arms, is that yeah. the name of it? That's a real Irish album, isn't it? A lot of my music has been played in Ireland a lot now over the past few years because I, I've been working the country and Irish circuit over there. And I, re- I released a song called On the Eighth Day. And I I re- that's a great song. And after I released that in the video, uh, I now have a great following in Ireland and England and Scotland. I do get over there about three or four times a year to perform. But the new album, I uh, just basically started re- doing some recordings during COVID. And before you know it, I had a new album. Did some writing as well. And Take Her In Your Arms, that's our latest single that's out in Ireland right now. Yeah, uh, we'll see if we can get that in the system. I think he's working on it right now over in the other studio. But what I want to do now is uh, one of Pat Patrick McLaughlin's friends, Tom Mercer, he said that Patrick was such a famous person in Vietnam, and he pretty much conquered the Viet Cong all by himself. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> okay. But anyway, uh, Tom Mercer, who knew him well and served with him in Vietnam, wrote a song about him, and it's called Mac, M-A-C, written and performed here by Tom Mercer. And whenever Patrick appears on the program, whenever I think about it, Patrick, and we talk about Vietnam a lot here on this program, I always play this because I associate it with you. Uh, can you can you talk a bit about, about why um, Tom Mercer wrote this song about you? Well, Jerry, Tom was one of the guys on my squad. I was a squad leader. And, uh, and then after I left, uh, you know, within a number of months, he became squad leader. But he was one of my guys, and so it was my job to look out for him and the other guys that I was responsible for. And so... Uh, I guess he memorialized some of his thoughts about that and put it in a song, which I'm honored by. Um, and I don't, you know, and I don't know why you need to play it necessarily, but I I'm honored. I'm honored that he wrote a song about Tom, it. Tom lives in, in South Carolina. He's in Tennessee. In Tennessee. Yeah, right. Did you so. tell him you were going to be on this song the last time I, you were on? He, he, he may have called in. It was some years, some years, yeah. I mean, one one of the years, I think. Uh, he definitely he was listening. But, no, I didn't let him know uh, today. 
but uh, he'd be proud to know that his music is being played. All right. And, and, you know, he'd be getting the royalty check pretty soon. <laughs> yes, indeed. Here's his. Here's Tom Mercer, and the song is called Mech. This next song is about a squad leader I had when I first got to Vietnam in 1967. His name was Sergeant Mack. My first day in the field, the guys looked all worn out. Mack said it won't be long, we'll see what now's about. The old timers shook their heads as they were looking at me. Mac told us to saddle up on man is OC. Mac was six foot three, had a real thick mustache. I didn't want to piss him off. I gave him a case of the said just pay attention going home is your mango then I saw the good man in Mac and his story will be told Mac would lead us into hell at the battle of Lockman we kicked the devil's ass and made about surviving like we got from Matt his last day in the field Matt was walking point the captain and the colonel said Mac please don't but he wanted all the guys to know this business as before do your best to make it through. I won't be here no more. Yes, it was kind of scary not having back around. But in order to make it home, couldn't let him down. Mac's best friend was OB. He always watched our back. But in every firefight we were in, I always thought of Mac. Mac would lead us into hell at the Battle of Lockman. We kicked the devil's ass and made it out again. But things don't always work out. Sometimes you lose your friends. But the war keeps on going, will it ever end? Lessons learned every day, you never give back. Like things about surviving, like we got from man. 
Then it came time for Mac to leave. He goes back to the rear. He gave away his M14 and all his lightweight gear. I became a squad leader not long after that. The things I learned about Vietnam, I owe it all to Mac. Yes, the things I learned about Vietnam, I owe it all to Mac. That song is about Patrick McLaughlin, our guest in the studio here today. And uh, he's one of the three, four veterans now, because I see Jim Krasniski and Nikki has jumped into the studio. Welcome, Jim. I know you're good, you're good friends with J.C. Sullivan. You belong to the same uh, post, don't you, the yeah, FW he's post? Yeah, the American Legion post commander, uh, post 801 Nordonia Hills. He's, a, he's the commander? Yes. Uh, he's your Vietnam boss. Vietnam vet, but he'll tell you about it. Okay. Jim, talk to me a bit about your background. You're a Vietnam vet also, aren't you? That's correct, yeah. I. Uh, and you uh, won the Bronze Star in Vietnam, I believe? That's also correct, yeah. Uh, before I got there, I was uh, stationed at Fort Hood, same unit that J.C. was oh. at two years <laughs> before me. You've known him that long? Oh, no, Lord. I didn't know him then. Oh, okay. No, I didn't find that out until years later. Oh, yeah. Here, that, uh, that we were in the same unit with the 2nd Armored Division. Was he the guy that was stealing the mattresses out of the barrack and pawning them? <laughs> I don't know. I lived in the BOQ at the time. That's your officer. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> but talk to me about your background. Before you went to the Army, or what, were you, what, what service, branch of service were you in? Well, be- before I went into the Army, I wasn't in any branch of the service. I was, I was going to college. I was on an ROTC program. Okay. So that when I graduated from college, I was also commissioned as a, a transportation officer. Okay. And from there, I went to uh, Fort Eustis, Virginia, the transportation school. I see so John nodding his head there. He knows all those places. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was out there on the Piedmont area, I think, of, uh, of Virginia. So how did you end up in Vietnam? <laughs> We the people. Yeah. <laughs> we the people. <laughs> yeah, Uncle yeah, Sam. It, it was a lottery, and I picked it out. Uncle Sam says go. It was. No, uh, uh, I was uh, at that time. I was working. I was at Fort Hood, um, working with the Second Armored Division as their transportation officer, and <coughs> and uh, I got uh, my invitation to attend the uh, uh, be a participant in the Southeast Asia War Games. So I uh, shipped out there in uh, 1970 and uh, arrived at uh, 90th Replacement Division in Vietnam. And, and when I was there, the the major who was in charge of uh, assigning people to their particular uh, units uh, asked me, he said, oh, we got a transportation officer here. He said, what's your transportation specialty? Without hesitation, I said, rail. He says, oh. We don't have any rail here. <laughs> I said, oh, that's sad. Where, where, where can you send me then? <laughs> Europe? <laughs> he says, no, 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 no. We just had a, a couple of battalions that come back from an incursion into Cambodia, and they're now short of transportation officers. 
And he looked around and said, ah, I'm going to stick you with the 563rd Transportation Company. It's a medium truck company. Now, a medium truck company is strictly tractor trailers, not the little deuce and a half or five tons. It's tractor trailers. So uh, we uh, transported uh, uh, food, supplies, uh, uh, ammunition, and fuel to all the outposts there. So without us, they would starve to death. And uh, so I had to learn the ropes there. Most of my uh, travel there as a road warrior is what we called us. Was that known in Cambodia? Yes. And was that what was known as the killing fields, Cambodia? Well, yes. I arrived there after they came back from Cambodia. That's why they were short transportation officers. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we... Most of the most of the places that I went to were fire support bases and and other facilities that were out uh, in what they called uh, the tactical uh, uh, area three. Uh, so three corps is what it was. However, I did get a chance to spend a month down in the Delta and some trips up north into two corps. Those were long trips. They took two days to get there and two days to get back. How dangerous were they? Well, we got our share of, of fire. Uh, not an everyday affair, of course. That was to let you get a little complacent, and then they'd surprise you. Um, I see these movies where they talk about, oh, I heard these bullets zip by. I never heard a bullet zip by. Hmm. When it went by, it was like a crack of a whip because it's breaking the sound barrier. So what you're hearing is the... Uh, uh, sonic boom. Okay. When you hear that, so, you don't have to worry about it. It's past. So, so when, did, yeah, when did you get the bronze star? You won a bronze star in Vietnam. Yeah, that was from a trip into uh, Fantiet up in uh, Tucor. What happened there? Uh, well, we were, <laughs> oddly enough, we were watching a movie called Patton with George <laughs> C. Scott, and uh, we had our jeep set up there and trucks, and it had a big screen there, and they were were showing a. Uh, uh, the fleck of Patton there. And down in a valley below us was a, uh, a artillery base, a fire support base down there. And a little bit to our side was a mountain called Whiskey Mountain where they had an 81-millimeter mortar platoon. And as we were watching the movie, there was a big tank battle going on in the movie. And we saw all these explosions on the screen. Then we saw a bunch of explosions off the screen. <laughs> and whoa. That's 3D for you. And uh, we noticed that it was coming from where that artillery unit was down there. They were being attacked. So movie was over. We all went into, everybody went into to, to their battle Now I was a guest there. We came in with supplies for them. So we, we were guests. And uh, so we gathered where, and I brought considerable firepower with me to, defend ourselves coming and going and I got in with onto the radio net with the uh, uh, commander there and I identified myself I says look I brought some considerable firepower with me use me where you need me uh, uh, probably about 10 15 minutes later hard to keep track of time I get a call from him he says can you reinforce the, the, the north uh, gate there? It looks like they're coming through the cemetery there. 
So I took uh, a gun truck and three gun jeeps with me up there, held the rest back to, so I had some reserve, or if they were needed elsewhere. And uh, we went up there and we, we put a lot of firepower down there. It was a massacre for them coming across the cemetery. I guess they were in the right spot because there was a cemetery there. Because uh, one of the gun trucks we had had a quad 50 on it. And uh, that's a turret with four 50 caliber machine guns. And uh, serious, serious power right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hiding behind any of the uh, uh, the stone uh, monuments was of no use to them. That, that would chop them right in half. But uh, well, we beat back the uh, the attack there, and uh, and that's. So, uh, so how many people did you lose? I didn't lose any then. None. 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 I, I, I mean, I told all the guys there when we were going up there, you see anybody with an RPG, you take him out first thing. I didn't want Thunder Chicken was the name of the truck that had the 450s on it. I didn't want Thunder Chicken to get hurt. So Thunder Chicken? That's what they named it. That's the name of the truck? Yep. The troops would name it what they wanted. Oh. We had another one they called E.F. Hutton oh. because when E.F. Hutton speaks, everybody talks. Everybody yeah. listens. <laughs> <laughs> So you mentioned. What I want to what I want to ask all four of you. In, well, in, in, uh, can I make a comment yeah, before sure. you move on? Right. So you mentioned Fort Hood. So you, you may, if you follow this, you you've noticed that uh, Fort Hood is going to be renamed Fort Cavazos. What is it called? Fort Cavazos. What's that? C, well, I'm going to explain it to you. C A V A Z O S. Richard E. Cavazos was my battalion commander in Vietnam. He was Dog Face Six. Battalion commander, the first of the 18th. And he went on to become a four-star general. He's an Army legend. And he was the first Hispanic American to be promoted to Brigadier General. And each time he received a new star, he was the first Hispanic to receive that promotion in the United States Army. Uh, as I say, he's an Army legend. You can read about him. But I, I wrote an op-ed in the Plain Dealer on July 15th of 2020, published also on Cleveland.com. Uh, advocating the renaming of Fort Hood for Fort Cavazos. Uh, and um, that started the, the, my story is, that started the initiative to to have uh, General Cavazos considered uh, as, uh, as the, the new name for Fort Hood, Texas. And that's what this Army Commission, uh, Department of Defense Commission, came up with. They're changing names of nine or ten. So you approve uh, of this one? Patrick, is there well, any he was, what? No, do I approve of it? I mean, I served under him, saved my life and the life of my squad by a decision he made one day. Um, and so, no, he was great, great American, uh, and uh, and he's uh, applauded by anybody who's ever served with him. And uh, so, uh, look him up. Uh, so Google, Google Richard so E. Cavazos. So, Patrick, are there any of these renamings that you don't approve of? You know, I, I don't really care about any of the others right now. My, my point about about Cavazos was that he deserved it, but beyond that, I mean, Fort Hood had been named after John Bell Hood, a Confederate general from uh, Kentucky who actually resigned his oath. He was uh, he was uh, an American officer, resigned his oath to fight for the Confederacy, uh, and uh, they lost, and uh, the the uh, the nation was preserved. And so, uh, you know, we need to name forts after after sure. men and women who took the oath of office to the United States and honored that oath. That's right. 
It is um, 19 minutes past 11 o'clock here on the Irish Show on WHK. I go to announce this because next Thursday, next Wednesday night at the Westside Irish American Club, Nathan Carter brings his action-packed live show to the Westside IAA. That's next Wednesday night. Doors open 6.30, showtime is 7.30. Ticket price is $40. Backed by his six-piece band, the Nathan Carter Show, is a musical journey for all ages, bringing a unique blend of Celtic, Irish, classical country, and contemporary favorites. So make sure you get your tickets. I want you to call Helen Malloy. Call her today, 216-251-4075. Or you can go on the website, of the Westside Irish American Club at info at wsiaclub.org. I think if you just put in Westside Irish American Club, it will come right up. But we want to fill the house for this. They're coming from Chicago. There are two sold-out shows in Chicago. They're coming here. And Andy Cooney knows Nathan Carter very well. And yes, when one do. musician says good things about the other, you know they've got to be good. Andy, <laughs> what do you think of Nathan Carter? Well, uh, as I was telling you, the, the, the huge scene in Ireland, the country and Irish scene, uh, huge in England, Scotland, and Ireland. He's the biggest act over there. He fills uh, theaters with 5,000 people, dance halls with 1,000 people. He's a wonderful young performer. And he's a young guy. I'd say he's about 30. I just recently uh, interviewed him on my podcast, and uh, so I'd like to give the podcast a little plug, the New York Irish Hour, and uh, I think he's on episode 43 or 42, but we had a great interview together, and I've also written with him uh, on our album, Irish Country Skyline, we wrote a song called Country Music Was Born, all about the journey of country music, how it all came about through Irish music coming, coming to America. So we wrote, we, we, so we've written together, and uh, he's. I'm telling you, you, you should definitely come. He's a wonderful young talent. He's a great singer, wonderful performer, great accordion player, wonderful piano player, and like a lot of us here, like I'm Irish American. His parents are from Ireland. He's from Liverpool, yeah. but he has captured. Uh, Ireland and all the all the hearts of. Yeah, I, I had him on uh, a couple of weeks ago. He called in from Ireland. He, yeah. he was born in Liverpool, though. Yeah, born in Liverpool. Where the Beatles were. Yeah, where the Beatles were. And uh, and when he plays Liverpool, he plays that big, big concert hall there, and he packs it out. So uh, I'm telling you, you're going to be in for a treat. And uh, his music's not really being played out here, and I think it's a great thing when artists take it among themselves to come out here and, and explore and see if they can get a new following. And that's what he's doing. So... Uh, Super talent. I think, where's he going from here? Is it Pittsburgh or New York? Or? I'm not really sure of his schedule. I do know he's coming to New York to the Cutting Room, which is a very cozy uh, venue in New York City. Uh, and I know it's sold out. But uh, but uh, for the IA to, to get a guy like Nathan Carter to come in and his great, great band. and it's great. Loads of videos on YouTube. Just go on YouTube. Put Nathan Carter in YouTube. That's all you have to do. And I guarantee You'll, you'll be coming. One of my favorite videos that he has, he's with Phil Coulter doing The Town I Love So Well. The two yeah. of them together. It's a fabulous video. And another one of my favorites is Home to Donegal. So just put uh, Nathan Carter, Home to Donegal. You'll see him live at the uh, Belfast Opera House. And fabulous uh, rendition. So that's all I can say. Okay. <laughs> Helen Malloy's phone number, 216-251-4075. A lot of the people... Um, so you could give a call. Call Helen right now and reserve the tickets because i got a funny feeling it's going to sell out. The number, once again, 216-251-4075, next Wednesday night at the Westside Irish American Club. 
I got to pay some bills here, folks. We'll be right back in the studio. Four of America's finest the veterans are with us this morning, and we are honoring all veterans on this program today. Right now, here's this message from O'Neill Healthcare. When locating the right care for your elderly mom or dad, look no further. O'Neill Healthcare has been providing outstanding elder care in Cleveland's west side for more than 50 years. Whether needing assisted living, memory support, independent living, skilled nursing, hospice care, dialysis, or rehabilitative therapies, we are here for you. Our team of physicians, nurses, and therapists deliver personalized care with compassion and quality at the forefront. You have peace of mind knowing they are with extraordinary people who provide exceptional care. O'Neill Healthcare is always improving the care of older adults and is the trusted choice for your loved ones. For more information about O'Neill Healthcare or to schedule a tour at one of our five facilities, please contact us at 440-808-5500 or visit us online at O'NeillHC.com. Improve your golf game with Golf Tech. Take the next step to a better game with equipment and custom fitting with the latest technology. Golf Tech has six area locations. Your golf game goes further with Golf Tech. Visit one of Northeast Ohio's Golf Tech locations or go to GolfTech.com. Golf Tech, proven path to proven results. For generations, Chambers Funeral Home has been, been a part of the great history of Northeast Ohio. Providing meaningful funeral services is what Chambers strives to provide. Pre-planning your future funeral arrangement is a wise and sensible choice in estate planning, and Chambers can help assist you and your family. From traditional burial services to cremation service, the funeral directors at Chambers are skilled in assisting families of all faiths and financial abilities. Please call Chambers Funeral Home at 216-251-6566 or visit them at chambersfuneral.com. And they would be honored to discuss all of the many options available to you and your family as we commemorate a life well lived. Chambers Funeral Homes are proud to be family owned and operated and helping greater Cleveland families since 1933. There are three locations in the Cleveland area now to serve you. You can call 216-251-6566. And I want to mention here uh, next June, June the 14th to the 24th, we are planning. We have it all together right now. Our trip to Ireland, our annual trip to Ireland leaves here on a direct flight from Cleveland to Dublin on Aer Lingus. We're going to be staying at some of the great hotels in Ireland. Two nights in the Liberties in Dublin, one night in Cork, two nights in Killarney, one night Bunratty Castle Hotel, two nights at the Park House in Galway, and uh, one night in Limerick, and one night, one more night in Dublin, the hotel, to be determined. But that's leaving the 14th to the 24th. You want to call Tim Vaughan right now, 216-210-0828. That's 216-210-0828. Or you can uh, email him at the number 44Vaughan, V-A-U-G-H-A-N, at cox.net. That's uh, more about that in the coming weeks. Of course, we're going to be talking about it a lot more. I know it seems a long way off, but we do have 15 people uh, already signed up for it. I'm going over here to Colleen now because she has to tell us about our good friends at PJ McIntyre's. 
First over to JC. Jim oh, Riley. okay, JC. Go ahead. All right, thanks. I uh, want to do a shout out to Jim Riley, who was supposed to be here today. He came down with COVID. And I, I should say Colonel Jim Riley. That's a surprise to learn that. You know, nobody can have any secrets with you around. He, he sings with uh, Mary Agnes Kennedy, <laughs> but he doesn't call himself Colonel. Okay. But he did send a, me an email. He said, great show. He especially enjoyed the banter between St. Ed's and the comments from Chris. St. <laughs> <laughs> Ed's and St. Ignatius. That was a terrible score, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Chris, what do you say to that? Or did you want to jump into the game and help them out? Very, the, the kids are a great team. St. Ed's is, is a, a, a great team. Yeah, yeah. level right now. So congratulations, Chuck, Chuck Ohio. Hey, I want to remind listeners today that was the day that the five Sullivan brothers died when the USS Juno was torpedoed during the Battle of uh, Guadalcanal. So keep them in your prayers. That's great. That's great. Very good. good. Yeah. Now, just want to talk about since we're going to talk about football right now, Holy Names going on to the playoffs. I'm a Holy Name grad, so I just uh, great season for all those Ignatius and for uh, Coach Kyle, but also congratulations to St. Ed's and uh, they're moving on as well. So uh, and good luck to Holy Name next week. But our good friends PJ McIntyre's is opened at 11 a.m. If you want the best Irish breakfast in town or a great salad or fresh soup, it's a great place to go for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and they are opened uh, uh, daily. Also. PJs. I believe it's next Sunday or the Sunday of Thanksgiving, but I saw uh, our good friend uh, Malloy, who will have been having his art show there. That was Tommy and Malloy. Tommy Malloy. Thank you. It's a good thing I'm here Another couple you. Malloys on my mind. I'm going, wait a minute, Tommy Malloy. So, Tommy, I saw you at uh, the film, and I can't recall if it's next Sunday is the uh, show with your artwork, but get out to PJ's to maybe buy a nice, unique Christmas gift or holiday or New Year gift for someone uh, and some of Tommy's work there. But also go see our good friend Pat and Rebecca out there uh, for a delicious um, home-cooked meal and to have some fun and music. Uh, And also I know that Sean... Sean, our uh, coming back will be uh, the wake is coming back at Playoff Square. Oh, Sean Lackey. Sean Lackey. And the wake is coming back in the new year. So if you're interested in a great, fun Irish wake, well, that's one down at Playhouse Square that Sean and his team Sean of Lackey. actors yeah. and the crew will be doing launching in January now, or February. And Colleen, March. Sean yeah. and his wife, Michelle, yes. they own that wonderful sponsor that we have on the that's program right. here called Gandalf's in Valley City. Mm-hmm. So if you want a good breakfast on Sunday morning, or go to lunch any day, of the, uh, any day of the week, or dinner, that's the place to go. Gandalf's Gandalf, in, Valley, yeah. in Valley City. Yeah. Here we've got a Gandalf goer over here, so really good. So, yeah, please um, support and go to all our wonderful places. Chris, you know them? Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 been there with the wife. Love it. Fun. Yeah, it's great, great, great spot. Uh, I want to play, play one more. I've got to get another song in here, and I'm going to – let me see which one. Where's yeah, the one of Andy? The Green Beret. Yeah, would you get? Did, did he pull it? Up? Did, did, did he bring it up? See, see if you can get Josh to pull it up for us. And uh, Andy's one also. Did he do that? Yeah, he, he put it, some in there. Is it on? Where is it at? I can't see it on the screen. Well, let's play a song and then we'll find it. Okay. So take bring your arms. Um, it's not up yet, Colleen. Okay, so let's play a song. All right, we're gonna we're gonna play this one uh, by um, Tip Splinter. And this is about taking the ferry from Liverpool to Dunleary. 
Andy, did you ever take that? Did you ever take that? I did, take that. I did, take that before. did you? It was quite a night. When I was, when I was young, uh, taking that ferry, you, uh, you, you almost had to have your camouflage gear on and uh, your not, not a bulletproof vest. Well, it's, not, it's not that bad it now. Was a tough, <laughs> it was a tough ride across the Irish Sea, I'll tell you. I, all right, we're going we're gonna to play that and then we're going to come back. My sister Maura, who is listening over in England, now she took it many times and she could tell you stories about that trip. Here it is, taking the ferry. England's a spy in the rain From inside the Hollyhead train Glad to be getting away Had no more reason to stay The train rocks on while you doze The diesel fumes fill in your nose Stumble out on the dock Coming awake with a shock And you're falling downstairs To check the room on the lower deck There's luggage and babies And little old ladies there not a spare seat in sight I'm gonna have to stay up all night Singing with football bands Bottles and drunks and cans Rolling around the bar Playing an old guitar Oh, you're never alone When you take the Dublin ferry back home On through the night, stars are nowhere in sight. Up on deck for the air, the wind blowing spray through your hair. Fight your way back through the door, there's bodies all over the floor. Have another drink for your head, wish you were back home in bed. Instead of falling downstairs to check the room on the lower deck, there's luggage and babies and little old ladies. There's not a spare seat in sight. I'm gonna have to stay up all night. Singing with football bands, bottles and drunks and cans, rolling around the bar, playing an old guitar. I are never alone when you take the Dublin ferry back home. of daylight turning away at the night chatting with one of the crew as Dublin swims into view there's hold that off to the right the Bailey's wink in its light the mountains run down to the sea ah there's no place that I'd rather be instead I'm falling downstairs to check the room on the lower deck there's luggage and babies and little old ladies there's not a spare seat in sight I'm gonna have to stay up all night Singing with football bands, bottles and drunks and cans Rolling around the bar, playing an old guitar Oh, you're never alone When you take the Dublin ferry back home And you're falling downstairs to check the room on the lower deck There's luggage and babies and little old ladies There's not a spare seat in sight I'm gonna have to stay up all night Singing with football bands, bottles and drunks and cans Rolling around the bar, playing an old guitar Oh, you're never alone When you take the Dublin ferry back home Oh, you're never alone 
Here we are. It's 11.35 here on the Irish Show on WHK AM 1420 and on the Internet at WHK In the studio with me this morning are four wonderful veterans and a wonderful visitor from New York City, my old friend Andy Cooney. We're trying to get his uh, one of his songs on from his new album. In the meantime, I want to go over here to the guys and talk to them about, um, about the being in the service and what it was like. I heard Jim Krasnicki talking about the battle that he was engaged in in Vietnam. So I want to start with with Patrick Milaner. And I want to ask you this question first. Is America ready for two wars at the same time? We're fighting a proxy war in, in uh, Ukraine. Are we ready for one with Taiwan? Or okay. I mean with China and Taiwan? Well, Jerry, according to all the, all the experts, the people who should know the answer to that, it, the, the answer is no, absolutely not. We're not ready. Uh, and we're not ready, I think, for a number of reasons. Uh, you know, as a nation, we need to continue to uh, fund and build and rebuild, as required, the military. Because without a strong military in today's very dangerous world, we could be in serious trouble. Um, and, and the other component of this is um, sort of how the military is perceived by younger people, the, you know, the, the, the folks that we want to raise, a, raise their right hand and take an oath to serve the nation in uniform. Um, they're not joining up. They're not enlisting uh, in the numbers that they should. And this is a problem. Uh, and this is a problem that America needs to deal with pretty quickly because without young Americans, men and women, because, you know, women today are an integral part of the armed forces. I mean, we couldn't function today without, without, I think, uh, without the women. W- women have to, have to be part of the armed forces in Israel, don't they? I think well, they I'm are. I'm not asking about Israel, but I think the answer is, yeah, it's all, it's all hands on deck in Israel because of the situation yeah. they're in. Um, and, and, but we, we need to have a, a mentality that is a little more like all hands on deck. Uh, national service would be a great way to start where military would be one component of it, but I think Americans, young Americans, should serve the country uh, in, in some way as, as part of uh, their commitment to the nation and what we stand for. So, and, but, but as, as we'll, you know, I'll let uh, John and, and, uh, and Chris uh, give their views on it and Jim as well. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I mean, I think that's my initial reaction to your question. John, what, what's your thoughts on that? Now, you're young. How old are you? I am 40 years old. You're 40. Well, you're the young generation. Uh, what do you think about this? Well, I've been out of the service since 2009, so I can't speak to what every young soldier is uh, is encountering as they're joining up and what is the uh, the pull to young soldiers. And maybe Chris can talk to that more, but I can tell you as a person who em- employs a significant number of of people that um, today's workforce is different than it's ever been and I think it's probably no different when it comes to recruiting in the military the amount of benefits um, the things that are attractive to this this uh, current of uh, influx of workers in this generation of workforce is different than it was for even my generation of workforce so the the uh, the incentives the the pull the drive whatever it needs to be to attract those younger workers or the Army and Recruit Command is going to have to get creative on what that means. You know, a 20-year retirement incentive for the military sounds all well and good, but when you realize that the average worker or the average soldier serves four years, 
what's the 20-year the retirement tool incentive. So um, transition has continued to struggle. Um, we do do great work with things like Veterans Day because we think of Veterans Day a lot as a celebration, and it's also a recruitment tool, right? The biggest pull for young Americans is knowing that their services, if they're going to serve, that they're going to be valued. And so the more we go out and do things around Veterans Day, um, around other holidays, Memorial Day, Fourth uh, of July, the more we celebrate veterans year-round, the more um, we'll, we'll change some, some, some thoughts and stigmas on, on, on service. Uh, I think our, we have to continue to do things like pass the PACT Act and pass the, some of the new other legislation that's being proposed right now at the federal level to continue to bring um, a, you know, a mountain of benefits to our veterans to make sure they're, that they're not forgotten, that they're going to be taken care of when they come home. Those are critical, uh, critical to uh, recruitment. So, Jim, you being a contemporary of Patrick here, I'm sure you feel the same way about the military as he does. Well, I'm going to address it more from the logistics standpoint where I was involved in. And uh, if you take a look at where is Taiwan in relation to China, how far do they have to go to get there versus how far do we have to go to get there and what are we going to use to get there? What's the state of our strategic petroleum reserves today? Hmm. Some of it was sold to China. Some of it was sold here to get gas prices down. Were you going to run the ships on to get there or planes to fly? Mm-hmm. Uh, to get there, I, I you know, I, ammunition. We've been giving a lot of our ammunition to uh, uh, Ukraine. So you wouldn't have any of that um, gas to run those big trucks that you drove into Cambodia. Well, you can't <laughs> drive them across the Pacific either. That's right. <laughs> have to get them there. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So, uh, Chris, can you get your uh, two cents in here and see what you what you think about the. So uh, you're, the, you're the younger generation now. So I'll start out with uh, talking about the soldiers and the airmen, all the service members, you know, all inclusive. When we start out and everybody talks about, you know, the younger generation and what do they have to offer, we got to remember a couple things. You know, everybody's adapting to the eras we're in. Everybody always says, well, they're not ready for this, they're not ready for that. But let's let's take a look at how they're adapting. When we look at our younger generations that are serving now, they are more willing to go forward, the ones serving, and more willing to adapt to the different dimensions of warfare that are present. They're also a lot smarter. When you take an NCO from this current generation and you compare it to even when I was at E5 back in the 90s, they are centuries ahead of us. I mean, they are much better educated. They have the wherewithal and the knowledge that we were never afforded because of the Internet, because of the offerings, the schools, and the benefits. And the professional development is eons and light years ahead of where it used to be because the force and the leadership of our generations have gone on to ensure that they're developed. The lessons learned and everything from the battles have been taken forward to ensure that our soldiers and our leadership are are trained better and more effectively. You know, one of the simplest ways to, to look at it is the way we treat veterans to go on to, to John's story is when we got off the planes, I had people like Pat and people like Jim and, 
everybody else from the Vietnam generation saying, we're here to make sure you're taken care of because we weren't. That's the second lesson learned, is we were taken care of, so we are taught now how to teach our veterans and how to treat them. And that's why John and I continue to serve, because we want to make sure that they're better trained and treated. And when it comes to warfare, you know, I'll watch what I say because I'm currently serving and have different views and perspectives on things because of my knowledge. But what I will say is we are a strong and a fierce fighting force, and our enemies need to be aware of that and that we, you know, as Americans, do not fear our enemies. Are there a lot of younger people today that don't qualify to get into the services? So looking at data points and everything else, we are more selective than ever about who our fighting force is. That's why they're so much better, probably. That is. Yeah, more educated, like you said. Technology is playing a huge part in this, isn't it? Technology is, physical fitness, intellectual development, all around, yes. So what would you say to the people that say, uh, look at that young fella there, all he's doing is sitting around his basement on his phone all day. He should be in the service. They're not going to take him, are they? Well, you don't, you don't know what the service is looking for. Yes. You know, the service isn't all about a rifle or running over swamps and barriers and things like that anymore. It's different yeah. right, than Vietnam. Yeah. So, Patrick, you wouldn't be able to write that book today. <laughs> Man, well, Tom Mercer wouldn't be able to put that book together on you, well, you because know, it's a little Gary, different. When, when Vietnam was at its height, uh, you, you, you didn't have to have many qualifications to get drafted and be sent to Vietnam. So yeah. The, 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 the military wasn't very selective then, but it is, it is today. And in fact, so many of our young people don't qualify. They don't meet the eligibility because of, you know, the, the physical requirements, but also if they, if they have a record or they don't have... And the intellectual requirements, so too. There's just lots of other issues. And so maybe as many as a third of, of our, you know, military age young people mm -hmm. right off the bat don't, don't qualify. And, and then even then, as, as Chris says, the military is selective. So, uh, but but the military is not going to continue to be as selective if they if they don't fill the slots that they that the army hasn't been able to fill this year anyway. So. Right, because right now we're developing the core, the core initiative, the leadership. You know, you want those strong NCOs and strong officers. So you see yourselves as veterans that encourages younger people to get educated and become technically educated where you can become members of the service. You're not just going to walk into the service. You're going to have to work a little bit to get there. There's there's a job for everybody that wants to serve. You know, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll find you a place. So the veterans are going to play a huge part in that, right? Yes. Um, what... What involvement do you as veterans organizations have, we'd say, with the veterans' hospitals? I know health care is a huge thing for veterans. What, what do you do, John? Do you so do that? We, we refer veterans to the VA hospital for their health care services. We encourage veterans to enroll in the VA hospital. You know, one of the biggest feed, some of the biggest feedback we get from our veteran population is they don't want to take a resource that's available to another veteran. And all I can say to that is, you're not. Every veteran enrolls in the VA brings additional funding to the VA hospital here, right here in Cleveland. 
and trust me, the federal budget is going to cover VA hospital funding. So enroll and bring that money into this into this medical center. And if you're not going to utilize it and you're going to utilize your own private insurance, that's fine. Go to an appointment a year to keep your insurance up and keep that that funding source coming into this hospital because while that number is somewhere around $7,000 per veteran that's enrolled in the healthcare system, um, for those who are utilizing that the healthcare system, it costs a lot more than $7,000. For a veteran who needs a, you know, has a prosthetic limb, for instance, that's ex- extremely expensive. So it's a lot of veterans who only go to primary care appointments that are enrolled that are helping fund that person. So you actually are strengthening your the network for your fellow veteran by enrolling. Additionally, we work really well with the Veterans Benefits Administration because we employ um, county veteran service officers that help veterans apply for their claims. Those claims can be particularly um, confusing and difficult for someone who doesn't understand exactly what the VA is asking for, and having a county entity that has people that are paid for by taxpayer dollars to uh, assist is amazing. I can't encourage any veteran enough to come down and see a veteran service officer if you think you're eligible for a claim or if you were ever injured in service. Um, active duty, um, if you were injured in the res- while you were on drill when you were in the reserves, come in down and see us. We'll see if we can't get you connected for some benefits and eligible. Um, it's particularly more important to put that message out now. Um, if you turn, you can't turn on the radio or TV for more than a half an hour without seeing a, a commercial for someone who's advertising Camp Lejeune Act. Yeah, and I can right. just say this because I don't have time to go into all the details, but if you are hiring an attorney to take care of your claim because that's what needs to be done, then I understand that thought, except for there's there's some complications and offsetting of your other benefits that might occur if you get connected eventually for that same condition. So I encourage you to see a county veteran service officer, whether it's us or your local county, if you're listening from someplace outside of Cuyahoga, every county in Ohio has a veteran service commission with service officers. Go see your service officer. Those are going to be free of charge. It's going to be the the, the only way you're going to get free access to your benefits absent doing it yourself, um, and they're going to guide you through that process. If ultimately down the road you decide you, you need additional assistance, then they'll probably refer you there as well. So um, start with by seeing the Veteran Service Offices. Okay, Thank thanks, you. John. Now this. Hi, I'm Mike Joyce from Joyce Buick GMC, inviting you to visit our dealership for a new Buick or GMC. Joyce has a great selection of new Buicks and GMCs in stock, and we're offering you the best in pricing and customer care. Come see why Buick is the fastest-growing car manufacturer in the U.S. Joyce Buick GMC, serving you for over 45 years. That's right. Stop in and see Mike Joyce, Mike and Sean. They're on the premises every day. They're located at 38039 Chester Road, right off I-90 in Avon, Ohio. You can call them at 440-934-6600. That's Joyce Buick, GMC. Okay. Coming up next, I want to get um, I want to get Andy's song in if I can, and also I want to get the, the Green Berets if I can. I'm going to try and do that. So... And contact information. All right. One other thing i got to do is the Eastside Irish American Club Dreams of Freedom are coming to the club. Uh, $20 for members. And the date is... The 20th. Oh, November. Oh, sorry. No, November 19th, the 19th. 19th. Gosh, it's awfully small. I know. November the 19th, the Dreams of Freedom at the Eastside Irish American Club. $20 for members, 25 for non-members. Showtime, 6, 7.30, cash bar, snacks, all welcome. You can call, if I can read this, it's so small, Sue McGill 
at 216. Can you read that? Yeah, 386-2194. And, Jerry, we just want to give out contact information real quick for any of those services that our um, our Yes. Just talked about. yes, we do. Well, uh, Patrick Midlandman, everybody knows Patrick Midlandman. Uh, he's not involved, but John is. John, uh, John is your contact information for you, John? Yeah, so let me give you the number for Cuyahoga County Veterans Service Commission. Um, if you're from out of county, go ahead and give us a call. We'll connect you to your county. Uh, 216-698-2600 or 216-698-2600 or CuyahogaVets.org. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Jim, good. Jim, is there a you're in Nordonia Hills? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, veteran services, and the Veteran Service Commission is a fine place to, to get connected with a service officer. You can also do so through the American Legion or a VFW. Okay. Great. Offices. Now, All right. I, uh, uh, the VA has come a long way since I got connected with them, and, and, uh, yeah. Due to my exposure to Agent Orange, that's about my second home. Okay. So I, uh, I know how much it's improved. Yeah, the VA hospital is a wonderful institution. i got to run, Jim. i got to go to Chris here. Chris, uh, to make contact with you, your organization, how do they do it? So our organization is pretty simple. We're the Joint Veterans Council of Cuyahoga County. Uh, we are jvcocc.org or 216 9265815 All right it's 11:52 so we got to move here Andy Cooney where, where did your song go it disappeared from my <laughs> Andy where did you take her in your arms here it is here we go here we go He's seen him on the corner, and his look would reach the pavement. He's been hiding from his razor. Is he not an awful sight? In love, he was so curious. Are we frightened and not horrors? Have he gone and asked his father? Well, I'm sure he said I'm right. See, and take her in your arms and tell her that you love her. Take her in your arms and hold that woman tight. But you take her in your arms and tell her that you love her. If you go on the love of woman, then be sure to do it right. Now we met her at a disco in a dive in San Francisco. And it all might have been different if he'd seen her in daylight. She was painted, she was scented, but she drove your man demented. If he'd gone and asked his father, well, I'm sure he said I'm right. See, and take her in your arms and tell her that you love her. Take her in your arms and hold that woman tight. But you take her in your arms and tell her that you love her. If you go on the love of woman, then be sure to do it right. There's a pump with fun and laughter, and the lamb was by in bevy. There's a session in the corner, and the crack is grand tonight. But your man who lost his woman, he's still at home lamenting. If he gone and asked his father, well, I'm sure he said I'm right. See, and take her in your arms and tell her that you love her. Take her in your arms and hold that woman tight. Won't you take her in your arms and tell her that you love her? If you want to love a woman, then be sure to do it right. (laughs) 
And depression's not a million lots, but suicide's too dangerous to go leaping down to buildings in the middle of the night. It's not the fault of landing that loves your social standing, so go first and that's your father, who I'm sure has set you right. So you take her in your arms and tell her that you love her. Take her in your arms and hold that woman tight. Won't you take her in your arms and tell her that you love her? If you go on the love of one woman, be sure to do it right. Give that help to all true lovers, their sisters and their brothers, and their uncles and their grandmas. But this thing is black and white. If you keep just that romance, this laughing and it's dancing, bingo first, and that's your father. And I'm sure he'll set you right. Say and take her in your arms and tell her that you love her. Take her in your arms and hold that woman tight. Won't you take her in your arms and tell her that you love her? If you're going to love a woman, then be sure to treat her right. Take her in your arms and tell her that you love her. Take her in your arms and hold that woman tight. Won't you take her in your arms and tell her that you love her? If you're going to love a Well, that's it, folks. We've got to move aside and make way for Kelly and Company coming up at the top of the hour. So make sure you stay with Tom. If you want to know what's going on in the political arena, there's the man to listen to coming up from at 12 o'clock and going on until 2. I want to say thank you to John Rice, Jim Kanicki, Patrick McLaughlin, and, um, and Christopher Zorowski. All wonderful veterans here on the Irish program on WHK AM 1420. Our program is brought to you by Chambers Funeral Homes, Gandalf's Pub and Restaurant Valley City, Golf Tech, Joyce Buick GMC, O'Neill Healthcare, PJ McIntyre Irish Pub and Restaurant, Vince's Barbershop at 183-24 Lakeshore Boulevard in Cleveland, and the Western Reserve Insurance Group. All of these good folks bringing you the Irish show this morning on WHK AM 1420 and on the Internet at whkradio.com. Back at you again next Sunday morning, right here, same time. I leave you with the immortal words of John Locke when he said and wrote, Ireland isn't a grand you look like a bride in a rich adorning. With all the pent-up love in my heart, I bid you the top of the morning. I'm Jerry Quinn. Good day. <laughs>